called. Jesus is coming. Better be busy. Jesus is coming. Better be busy. Now, I came up with this message because I asked my husband, Tom. Tom, what do you think I should speak on on the next Sunday? He says, Jesus is coming. Better be busy. He heard that someplace and he repeated it. And I said it this way. Jesus is coming. What will you be found doing? That's what I want to say. What will you be found doing when Jesus comes? The Holy Ghost downloaded something to me as I was thinking about this message. And he said this. Occupy your mind and your time will be occupied in him. Occupy your mind in him, of course, and your time will be occupied in him. You don't have any other room for anything else if you're thinking about the Lord. You don't have time to be angry or fearful or resentful. You're just filled with love and compassion and understanding because you're keeping your mind on him. The Bible is really clear that we are to be found in faith. Have you ever been praying for something, even right now, and you're thinking, oh, I wonder if I'm ever going to see it happen. Am I ever going to see that thing happen? Well, you know what? You might not. But are you going to stay in faith? Are you going to stay in faith even if you don't see something happen? I need to bring up Becky right now about this situation. And her father was an evangelist and did all kinds of stuff. But he prayed for his daughter till the cows came home. And the cows never came home for him. He went to be with the Lord and then she finds the Lord. So see, he wanted to see her find the Lord in his lifetime. But he didn't. So, I want to give you some hope today that whatever you're praying for, for your grandchildren, for your children, for your spouse, you may never see it, but God has never forgotten your request. And it might not happen in your lifetime, but it will happen. I believe it will happen. I have a friend that's a musician, and she's saying... Uh, very professionally with Smokey Robinson. She sang with a lot of different people and she wanted to make her own way in the Christian singing and I was in a band with her for a while and we do we travel and stuff. Well, one day she goes, you know what, I really want to make it big and I says, but honey, what if you're not the one to make it big? What if it's your daughter? She has five children. What if your daughter, one of your daughters is going to make it big? Oh, I don't receive that because I'm going to make it big. So sometimes we aren't going to, and she didn't see it. By the way, she did pass away. So it's left with her children now. She didn't get to see the glory day. She didn't get to see her faith be made sight on this planet with, her, with herself. But maybe her children are going to take up there. We talk about the five foolish virgins. Why were they foolish? Because they weren't ready. They weren't prepared. They didn't occupy themselves correctly. Maybe they were out shopping and doing other things and they didn't get enough oil for their lamps. How about the ten talents? The one guy that got one. He got one. And he went and buried it because he was afraid. 
He just wanted to hold on to what he had. How many of us want to hold on to what you have because I don't want to give it away because I might need it later. So you hold on to it. You don't give it away. He says, you're a foolish person if you don't give away what you have, even if you just have one. How about the wicked vine dresser? He killed everyone, even the owner's son at the vineyard. But what, had, what happened when he returned? The owner returned to the vineyard and he destroyed those men that destroyed his family. It's telling us that we need to live unto the Lord so that we're not destroyed either. I know when I lived in the world, I lived in a total destruction. I, everywhere I went, it was like that. Remember in Peanuts, that little guy with all the dirt around him? What's his name? Pig pen. Okay, that's what I was. I was a pig pen. Everywhere I went, my dust kicked up and everybody felt it. They got slapped in the face and kicked around. I remember when I first married my husband, he said, I might be the wind beneath your wings, but quit hitting me with your wings. <laughs> yeah. How did Jesus handle his father? Even at age 12, what did he do? He went into the synagogue and preached the gospel. And his parents go, how can you do that to us? We were looking everywhere for you. We had to come back and get you. He says, don't you know that I'm about my father's business? Shouldn't we be saying that when he returns? I'm about my father's business. It doesn't mean you've got to go and do a bunch of spiritual things. It just means... Is your heart and mind occupied with the Lord? You can be changing a dirty diaper and the Lord take you home. Are you doing something spiritual? Well, if your heart is in with God, you're fine. See, he wants to know what's going on in your heart. We talked about that in Bible study. What is going on in your heart is what's most important. And I always say this, where your mind or your heart goes, your body follows. So I did this this morning. I'm... I don't know if this happens to you, but I'm getting ready for church. And I go to this room and I go, wait a minute, I've got to go up here first. Wait a minute, I've got to fix the, oh, wait, wait. I'm out, my mind was everywhere. So where did my body go? With it. I'm like running around, I go, stop. Where my mind goes, my body follows. My mind's got to be on the Lord. You see, we can cause ourselves so much havoc because of what's going on in our minds. I'll tell you. The Bible tells us in Luke 21, 26 through 31, look up for our redemption draws nigh. You know, I've never had the Lord say into, to me, look down. Look down, look down. He always tells us to look up. Now we come to the Lord with our heads bowed in reverence. Okay? But that's different than keeping looking down. The, you know, when we look down, we're looking down on ourselves, is what we're doing when we look down. Okay, so, are you ready? There's a scripture that says this in Matthew 24, 43 through 44. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in which watch the thief would come, he would have been watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. 
Therefore, you be ready as well, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man will come. Have you ever been somewhere or gone somewhere and said, I sure hope the Lord doesn't come right now. I don't like what I'm doing right now, so I don't want him to come right now. So we have to pay attention to what we're doing with our lives every single minute of every single day. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation if you're, you know, you do something weird and you're overdoing something. But as long as your heart is contrite, as long as your heart is with the Lord. See, there's a lot of people that died in faith. The Old Testament, never seeing the promise. All those people in the wilderness, they never saw the promised land even. But they died in their faith. They died believing. Some of them didn't. I believe, and I said it before, everybody's names are written down in the book of life, but it's going to be up to the Lord when at the end he goes through the other books to see what it is you've been doing, and he can blot your name out. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. If you really receive Christ, that means you are sealed. The Bible tells us that we are sealed to the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit seals you. You cannot lose that, but you can choose to if you desire. And the only you know what? There's only one unpardonable sin. One. You know what that is? To not accept Christ as your Savior. Just to, you can even blaspheme against Jesus, the Bible says, but not against the Holy Ghost who seals you. You know, you can have, we talked about it in a Wednesday night Bible study, how abortion is horrible. There's a lot of it's horrible because you're killing, killing, killing. Does that person who comes to the Lord and receives Christ, are they forgiven or is that the unpardonable sin? What about Paul? How many people did he kill in his lifetime? In the name of God. But he was forgiven. So you see, it's not what you do, it's what you do with it. Are you taking that to the Lord and said, Lord, forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Thank you for doing that. Now I'm living in an area where when the Lord comes back for me now, even though he knows all my history and everything that I've ever done, bad, good, and whatever, but my heart today is serving him and loving him. That's how he wants us to be found. He wants you to have Confessed your stuff and let go of it. Let it stay in the past. Quit bringing it up into the future, into the present. It's dead and gone. Don't stop believing because you haven't seen what it is you're waiting for. Never give up hope. Never give up looking. Never give up on prayer. You know, I'm going to talk about King David for a minute. He actually was wanting to build the temple. He wanted to build this beautiful temple. But the Lord said to him, um, No, you're not going to build the temple. Your son is going to build the temple. David never even got to see the temple. I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know. Anyway, but what I'm saying is that Solomon is the one that built the temple. But David collected all the artifacts, all the wood, all the money, he had all the supplies, you know, that he was collecting. And then Solomon built the temple. So sometimes we're preparing for our children and for our children's children. 
You know, a wise person has an inheritance for their children. You know what? And it might not just be money. It might be your belief. Are you really believing God? They're going to see that if you really believe God and trust Him. Psalm 62.1 says, Truly my soul waits upon God. From Him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And this is King David. He's the one that said that. Then how about Noah? He saved a household. Yet he lived 900 years and left the world in the generation's hands. We're to train up our children. That's our legacy. What are you doing with your children today? What are you doing with your stuff today? When you're sitting there watching television, are you just allowing the Lord to speak to you through what you're watching? I know I do. Sometimes, like this morning, I was watching something on Hallmark, I guess. I got up at 4 o'clock, so I had a little time, all right? So I was watching this show, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried, because I realized how much I loved my husband. I am not kidding. I just couldn't. I even had a song that I shared with him this morning that just, I cried. I cried and I cried because I love him so much. See, God wants to find us loving him that much. When Lucy and Ophimio pray on Tuesday nights, they cry the prayer. There's crying going on in here on Tuesday nights. We're jumping up and down. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're sitting. Sometimes we're singing, dancing, whatever. Whatever the Lord does. But I'd love the Lord to come back on a Tuesday night. I would love the Lord to come back on a Wednesday night. How about a Sunday morning? Because we're religious. We're spiritual today. But what about the other times when you're working? Todd, you work in houses. You're a con contractor. What if the Lord comes back when he's putting in a toilet? <laughs> of course he's going to be with the Lord. It's the heart. It's your heart. And it's if you've received Christ to your Savior and you've received him for salvation. See, many stopped believing Jesus, didn't they? A lot of people stopped believing Jesus because they said, it's just too hard to believe what you just said. We just, talked, we just took communion. This is exactly what I'm talking about here. John 6, 66. They said, what Jesus said, I want you to drink my blood and eat my flesh. They freaked out. They thought for sure they were going to have to part Jesus up and cut him up and eat him. They didn't realize he was speaking, uh, you know, um, metaphorically, okay? He was speaking of the Spirit. And they said, we can't follow you because that's just too hard. So is there anything God's asking you to do that is too hard? Well, it's not if he's asked you to do it. You're the one that thinks it's hard. So the Bible is very clear that the Lord is coming back. Do you agree? The Lord is coming back. Amen. Now, we do not know when. We don't. I would love to believe he's going to come take us away in some secret rapture. I love that. I will stick to that as long as I can. But what if it's not going to be that way? Am I going to still believe? Am I going to still trust him? See, the thing is, is that 
doesn't matter what you believe is going to happen because our belief system can be so messed up. We, we don't have all the facts sometimes. But I'll tell you what's important. Is that we need to know in our own heart that we love the Lord and that He loves us. That's what you need to believe in your heart. Am I ready? Is this the moment of time when God's saying to me, if I come today and get you in your own personal rapture, that means if you die, or in the rapture, which is a secret rapture, or at the tribulation, which is when every I will see him, those are the three things that I see that's happening in the church today that we believe. doesn't matter which one you believe, what's going to pan out is the true one. You just got to be ready. You just got to be ready. You just got to know that Jesus is coming back. That's all you got to remember. When Noah was building the ark and he was doing up for 120 years, they go, oh, you're silly. There ain't no flood coming. You know, they were like, yeah. Isn't that what people are saying to us today? Oh, Jesus ain't coming back. He would have came back a long time ago. You know, he's not coming back. And there's so many people that said he already came back once. He's not coming back again. There's so many different varieties of beliefs. But the truth is this. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter when he comes back. Are you ready? That's all. Are you ready? My mother and I used to do music together. And I wrote this song with my mother. I'm just going to read it to you. This is a real quick one. It's called Be Ready. It was back in 2002 or 1 or something like that. It says, Be you ready when the trumpet shall sound? Be you ready because I won't stick around. I'll be gone in the twinkling of an eye to that place promised me in the sky. Be ye ready. Be ye ready, he will come as a thief in the night. Be ye ready, be not like those who do sleep. He will come with clouds in the sky and every eye and creature will see. Some will say, rocks fall on me so I may die. Be thou as those, but rejoice for the king on high. We need to be ready and not freaking out, thinking, oh Lord, are you going to come today? I don't know if you're going to come today, but don't because I'm not where I need to be right now, or my heart's not where I need to be right now. So I want you to say this. If it's a place that you don't think you are right now to be ready for the Lord, just have a little talk with Him and just say, Father, forgive me. Cleanse and purge me from all unrighteousness and sin. Is Jesus enough? Is Jesus really enough? If He is, then we can do that. We can do that, and we need to do that every single day. And now you're ready. I don't care if you're mowing the yard, taking care of the kids. Is your heart ready? Even Jesus didn't know when God's coming, when he's supposed to come back. Only the Father knows. All I can say is be ready. Continue doing what it is you're doing, being the best you can in the Lord. Continue living by faith. Believe until your last breath. So I'm going to close with this story about John Bunyan. I don't know if you know who John Bunyan is. I thought he was Paul Bunyan, you know, the old lumberjack guy. Because he called himself Paul. Because he likened himself as to Paul in the Bible. So he said... From prison, he was in prison for 16 years, and he wrote The Pilgrim's Progress. 
I thought it was a new bird. I thought it was a new book. I didn't know it was in 1688 that he wrote this book, and it's still circulating today, and it's almost fresh. Isn't it fresh? Some of you have read it. It's very fresh, and I just want to read a little segment. I always thought he was Paul Bunyan, the lumberjack guy, and I remembered as a little kid, I went up the coast uh, to the Redwoods, and they had that giant Paul Bunyan and that giant bull, and we'd visit that guy. I thought that was the same guy, but no, this is John Bunyan. It says on, on 1688, he had shared his last sermon three days before he died. And the reason why he died is this, because he spent his last hours helping a family be reunited because they were getting a divorce, and he wanted to make sure that they weren't going to get a divorce. So he went over and he ministered to them. On his way home from that trip, he got sick. He ended up at a friend's house, and he died a week later, not with his family, but with his friend. Do you think he was ready? All the way to the last dying breath, he believed God. And this is what he said. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And his whole concern was this. Showing a resemblance between a natural and a spiritual birth. And how every man and woman may try themselves and know whether they are born again or not. His whole concern is for salvation for other people. Do you have a heart for other people? Then you're in his will. Do you have a prayer life? Then you're in his will. If you don't have a prayer life, just say, Father, forgive me. I don't have a prayer life. Help me out. That's all you got to do. It's so simple. Quit beating yourself up because you made a mistake five years ago that you haven't been able to resolve. Forgive yourself. If you forgive yourself, you're actually keeping the law that he gave us in the New Testament. And we talked about it in Bible study. There is only two laws to keep. There was a bagillion in the Old Testament. You know why they had so many in the Old Testament? Because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They had to be told what to do. Because they didn't, couldn't think like the Lord. But we have the mind of Christ because we have the Holy Spirit. So he gives us two commandments. To love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's it. If you do that when he comes, and if you're living like that when he comes, you're ready. You can't say, wait a minute, wait, 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 God, wait a minute, come back tomorrow. He's going to come back when he comes back, and we will not know the hour or the day or the time. Now, I'm not trying to tell you this to be scared, but I'm telling you this as a warning. I don't want to be one of the five foolish virgins where I'm out there doing whatever I'm doing and not be ready. I want to be ready when the bridegroom comes to take me home. Do you want to be ready? Do you all want to have that, that readiness of the heart? I'm just going to pray for you right now that you would receive this message of hope because it's a message of hope. Because if you're in Christ right now, you don't have to worry. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. So when you can say, Lord, you love me, you're in his will. When you can say, Father, forgive me for my sins, you're in his will. When you can say, I forgive my, my ridiculous acts I did years ago. Father, I'm in your will. 
We talked about it in Bible study this morning about just loving one another. We can, we can think about all the things that are happening in the Bible. We can, we can read it, but are we doing it? The Lord will judge your works, it says, and Christians' works as well. Because he brings up two books, the Lamb's book of where our names are and what we have done. And he will judge out of those books. Again, I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to warn you that it's important that we get our lives correct today in the name of Jesus. We took communion to represent the body and the blood of Jesus Christ who gave himself to us. So we want to give ourselves back a living sacrifice to him. Doesn't mean you can't have fun. Doesn't mean you can't go on a vacation. Doesn't mean you can't go do things and have family time. That's not what I'm saying. It's where's your heart? Are you putting him first in all things? That's all. You're just putting him first. It's so simple. Father, thank you so much for this word. Thank you for encouraging us to seek you first. Because you said that if we seek you, all these things will be added to us, Lord. And I'm asking you to help us to finish our race well. Like Paul said, I have kept the faith. I have finished the race. Father, I pray that we can all say that same thing. We're called to a higher calling because there's so much happening in the world today that we're not looking any different than the world. We need to look different. We need to trust you, God. We need to put you first. That is our desire is that we represent you well on the earth, Father, because that's what you're looking at. The other people can go about doing their thing, but they're going to come to you when they need when they need a prayer, when they need help. They're going to know because you're different. You're peculiar. You're strange. But that's what God requires of us, is to be like Jesus. Thank you, Father, for giving us hope and peace today. Thank you for the gift of Jesus that came on the cross, that was born a baby. Whichever month he was born, I do not know. But he was born nonetheless. To help be our, become our Savior, Lord. And I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.